The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Amen. Anybody have an amazing week this week? I'm, I'm looking for amazing week people. Okay, we had amazing, we had a few amazing weeks. Anybody have a super bummer week this week? I realize that happens to you. Anybody have a super bummer week? And so the rest of us have a week somewhere in between there, right? Listen, this is what I know to be true, that regardless of what my week was like, there's always reason to rejoice, regardless of where we find ourselves. So here in, in this series, Title Rejoice, I love the picture of that kid, right? Like, there's no way that was a staged studio picture. Look at that. That kid's just so happy. Like, I just... I just want to live that way, right? Anybody else? You're like, I just want to live with that kind of joy. I want to know what's behind the camera. Like, what is, what, what is, I want to live that way. And, uh, you know, I realize that in this, this Christmas season, there's a lot of things that elicit this kind of joy, this kind of rejoicing. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to use joy and rejoicing interchangeably kind of, right? Because, because really what rejoicing is, it's the tangible outward expression of an inward heart of joy, right? Re- rejoicing is just the expression of joy. And so I'm going to use those kind of back and forth. But, but I, I want to live with that. But sometimes it's hard to just muster up, isn't it? Like sometimes even when I want to, it, it's challenging. And so this month, we're going to talk about rejoicing. We're going to look at the, the Christmas narrative and, and look at some, some reasons that we have to rejoice. And, and this is why I kind of took a, a step back is because I was reading in Philippians chapter four, not your classic, not your classic Christmas scene, not a, a beautiful baby in a, in a manger, not a peaceful night, although I'm not sure it was any of those necessarily, but definitely not a Christmas tree and presents around the tree and a warm, crackling fire in the fireplace. Philippians chapter 4, written from a cold, dark prison cell. Not really super Christmassy vibe that we normally think of, right? And yet, I, I want us to listen to the, to the heartbeat of the Apostle Paul. Because he gives us some advice that, that it, it sounds, if we're not careful, it, it, can, we, it can get lost in just the, the, the Christmas-like motif really easily. This is just Christmas jargon, rejoicing and joy and yeah, 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 yeah. But I want to, listen, if, if, if the things that we teach aren't practical to the realities that we really live in, then what good is it? Okay, so I don't want to just talk about Christmas themes. Let's talk about life. Paul, in, in this setting, he's in prison. He's been arrested. This is just like, this challenges our, like, God is never going to let anything bad happen to me theology, right? Like, he's in prison for doing exactly what God told him to do. And it, it's nasty. He, he's taken from his own country. He is um, he, the good guys, right? Like, his, his allies are undermining his ministry. Like, those who are supposed to be his friends have turned on him even while he's in prison in order somehow to make life harder for him in prison as if it's not hard enough. He's living on, on barely anything and he's writing this. And if you've ever read Philippians, like I encourage you to do it this, this week, read it. It don't take you less than 30 minutes. The theme of joy comes up everywhere. This guy who's got nothing and everything's been stripped from him, this theme of joy 
is everywhere. So we're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, where he really kind of hones in on it. And we're going to start in verse 4. So if you've got your Bible, you can follow along. Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 4. He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he's like, whoa, 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 just in case you skip past this part in the letter, I'm going to make sure you don't miss it. He says, I will say it again, rejoice. Like he's getting your attention. Like, hey, whoa, 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 okay, this is significant. There's a lot of things he says in this letter that are really, really good. There's few that he like repeats back to back. Like he's like, hey, 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 don't, don't miss this thing. Like I know things aren't really good for me right now, but listen, rejoice. Wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, whatever hardship you are, rejoice. And then he goes on and gives some explanation here. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, Philippians 4, 7 is, is probably, if, if you were to take a, like in my life, all the scripture that I've ever prayed, this is probably my most prayed scripture. I love this scripture. That the peace of God that transcends understanding would guard your heart and mind. Man, I pray that over, over other people. I pray that over myself. God, I want to experience, because that, that's, a, that's a cute poetic statement, the, the peace that transcends understanding, but let's put it in modern language, right? Like, it's a peace that makes other people look at your life and say, I, that makes no sense. They must be apathetic. They must not care about what's going on. They must not live in reality. The, the way that they're carrying themselves in the midst of what they're facing right now, I can't wrap my brain around it. He says, this is, this is the promise of God for you. That level of deep peace in whatever situation that you find yourself, that there's this like this soul rest. Sounds good, doesn't it? And here's the deal. Like we're like, hey, this is a promise of God. And I know what a lot of you are thinking right now. Yeah, right. Promise to who? The peace of God transcends all understanding. Will, what's it going to do? It's going to guard our hearts. It's going to guard our minds. Here's, here's something that we oftentimes miss. Like we, get, we see this and we get frustrated by this because you're like, I don't, like, why isn't this, why isn't this mine? Like I said a prayer, Jesus is in my heart. Why, why isn't this being realized in me? Okay. Um, here's where I, I think we get, this is a conditional promise of God. And I know that doesn't sit with a lot of us very well. Um, and I know you're going to, maybe some of you are like challenging that. God's promises aren't conditional. Then why does it say and? Right? You, you could, like with the assumption of and then. Okay? So he gives, he gives a number of commands. Right? Not suggestions, not ideals. He gives these commands. He tells his friends in this church in Philippi, he tells them like, do this. And if you do these things... And then the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. Now, now, now I know that's that grades on some of our theology, okay? But here's, here's how this works. It's not 
God doesn't give peace, and, and I'll even say and joy, because the start of this paragraph starts with rejoice, right? This is joy. God doesn't give peace and joy as a result of like good living, right? If you go to church all the time, if you read your Bible enough, if you say your, your prayers before bed, if you don't miss, if you do, you know, at least 52 quiet times a year, if you, whatever it might be, right? If you live this godly life, then I will reward your actions with peace and joy. And though few of us would actually explain our behaviors that way, many of us live that way, right? If I do these churchy good God things, then God ought to reward me. We looked at this a little bit a couple weeks ago in the, the theme of contentment, but the principle remains that the peace and joy are not a reward of godly living. They're byproducts of a heart that is securely established in the identity of our Father. The root of this whole passage, the key to unlocking this passage, is this one short little sentence in the middle of verse 5. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. The peace of God is something that he wants to give you. Joy that overflows into rejoicing in your life. These are, these are not rewards. They're byproducts of a life securely established in the promise that the Lord is near. We looked at two weeks ago in, in the promise of, of Hebrews 13, 5, that says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. When we get that, it will unlock all of these promises of scripture. Until we get that, we're going to struggle, okay? So before we get to rejoicing, there's some of you, there's some of us in here, let me get this, there's some of us in here that all you need is a slight just like reminder, hey, let's rejoice over this. And like, there's already that deep peace, there's already this walk with God, and, and we're just like, hey, let's rejoice because of this. And you're like, yeah, let's rejoice. But I also realize that there's some in here, and I don't want to, I don't want to move too quickly, there's some in here that like, you're just not there yet. In fact, Christmas season has so many amazing things that, that, that bring up these joyous deals, but there are also things that make us feel some loss. And so I want to go back to our text here. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your, evident, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And then the next thing he says, I think it's in contrasting uh, characteristics, he says, do not be anxious about anything, right? I believe joy and peace are not a reward, but a byproduct of a heart securely established in our identity of our Father, that the Lord is near. But I also believe anxiety is also a byproduct. Anxiety is a byproduct of carrying things we were never intended to carry. Almost Every time. And the only reason I say almost is because I teach my kids never to say never, like always and never. <laughs> I can't think of an, a situation that would be different, but I'll just put almost. Almost always. Anxiety, it's a byproduct of carrying things we were never intended to carry. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, this is what Jesus says. It's a verse you may be familiar with. He says, come to me all who are weary and who carry heavy burdens. And what is his promise? His promise is that I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. 
In other words, that yoke would be the instrument of getting work done. He says, this is what I want you to take hold of. I want you to take hold of my yoke and do my work. And I want you to let go of everything else. You can't, you can't take hold of what God has for you while you're holding on to other things. And what do you mean by other things? And we talked about this contentment issue a couple weeks ago, but what are the things that we're holding on to? Like you, you can't take hold of, and what is this yoke? Let me just say this. What is this yoke? This yoke that we're carrying is, this is the one thing that I need to hold on to. The one thing I need to hold on to is what we just talked about there. The fact that the Lord is near. Here's the one thing I need to hold on to. The fact that I have a father, a heavenly father who loves me. Here's the thing that I need to hold on to. Hebrews 13, 5 says, he will never leave me and he'll never forsake me. Which means I, I, I got to let go of what my coworkers, whether or not they respect me. It means I, I, I need to let go of trying to fix my loved ones. I, I, I need to let go of, 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 of the struggles that I'm, I'm I'm facing even at home. I need to let go. And does that mean, does that mean I just let every, forget everybody else. I'm just doing my own thing. No. But those things, I don't carry those. I can engage. I can help. I can serve. I can love. But the only thing I hold on to is my relationship with my father, that I am a son of God, that you are a daughter or a son of God. And my only work then is to love people like God loved me. I can let go of everything else. The pressure at work, the tension at home, the relational issues, the, 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 the need for more, can let it go. This anxiety is a byproduct of carrying things we're not intended to carry. Now listen, I don't want to, I don't want to make light of this. <clears throat> I can empathize with those who, who, who struggle with anxiety. <clears throat> there have been seasons in my life where where months even, or feel physically. It is amazing the way God made our hearts and our bodies like to work together. For me, <laughs> for me, when I get anxious, I feel it in my chest. And when it gets really, really bad, I can't breathe very well. I got always, anybody else? <sighs> for Beth, she gets knots in her back, like the size of boulders. Like it's, it's crazy. <clears throat> Bo, right, or in-house chiropractor, <clears throat> he knows about some of those people. people. He comes in like, oh, you're stressed out, aren't you, right? We carry this in our body. <clears throat> so I understand that. I'm not saying like we just like close our eyes and wish it all away. Like I understand that sometimes we, 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 it feels like this anxiety just like nails us, like a tidal wave of emotion day after day. I realize there's some of us that it's not a daily thing. It's a moment by moment struggle. It's a, it, it, some of us, we've been walking anxiety so long, we don't, we don't even know what peace even looks like. I want to tell you something. There's another way. I want to tell you something. It doesn't have to be like that. I, I, I know. I, listen, maybe I'm just naive. Maybe I'm just naive, but, but go with me here. I'm just naive enough to think that, that when I see something in Scripture that doesn't align with my experience, I'm just silly enough to think that the problem is my approach to things 
It's not that the Bible doesn't work. Okay? And here's what will happen if you take that assumption. Here's what will happen. It drives me to find real answers instead of allowing me to make excuses for why things are. Like there's so many believers, I believe, in, in the church at large who are missing out on some of the richest promises of God, like, you know, joy and peace, because we've explained our way, explained away our circumstances as not applying to biblical truth. If you're walking in anxiety today, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not going to say you're going to snap your fingers and it's all going to be better. I'm just saying that the word of God has solutions for peace and joy in your heart, regardless of what you've experienced in the past. All right. So I don't dismiss it. I realize it's, it's real. But you're not a victim of your anxiety. Even if you are truly a victim of your circumstances, Paul says, commands, rejoice. So this is what we're going to look at here today. This is what we're going to look at here today. I just want to spend some time looking at five commands. If you're taking notes, write these down. Five commands to replace anxiety with joy. Sound good? Like anybody like up for like replacing a little anxiety with joy? You know, there's some of us who walk in this regularly. There's some of us that, that and, and I've been there, been in seasons of it. There's some of us who like, Weekly, this like, anxiety, things rise. I got to deal with it every week. Some of us, maybe monthly, just seasonally, it pops up. Listen, regardless of whether this is an ongoing thing or regardless of whether this is a, a, a time-to-time thing, if you never deal with anxiety, awesome. Keep walking with Jesus. For the rest of us, th- these things happen from time to time. Here's what we can do. The Bible actually says, here's five commands. You guys ready for them? All right. Five commands to replacing anxiety with joy. But here's the deal. We're going to look at them kind of backwards, okay? Because if you start at the beginning, it like, I think he like starts like where we need to land, and then he's like starts going underneath the surface and underneath the surface. If we're not ready to rejoice in the Lord yet, let's back it up one step. All right, if we're not there yet, let's back it up. So, so I'm going I'm to start at the ground level, okay? And the first thing, we need to make sure that each of these, that we understand that each of these commands is anchored in the one statement we just looked at, the Lord is near. Every single one of these commands has to be anchored in this truth, the Lord is near, okay? So sometimes, Paul doesn't tell you to take a deep breath, but sometimes, would you just do that with him? Just to take a deep breath and just let go of the tension. Just, I don't know why that works, but I have to do that sometimes. Anybody else just, you don't even realize how tense you are, but you want to go, oh, oh yeah, that's better. Every time before we can give a new command, this is what I want you to do. Big deep breath. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. All right, so what do we do? Present your request to God. Okay? When I'm anxious, maybe I'm not ready to rejoice. Maybe I'm not ready to dance in the streets yet. But you know what I can do? You know where I can start every time? Take a big deep breath. Remind myself that the Lord is near. Like he's here. Like picture, if it helps, picture him sitting next to you. However you picture him, whatever, he's here. I just give him what you got. And sometimes you don't even know what you got. You ever anxious, you don't know why? That's the worst, right? 
You ever anxious? You feel all the anxious feels, but you don't even know what, anybody, like, am I just the crazy one in, in the house? Okay, so we, we, we feel the anxiousness. Sometimes this take, this is a process. Present your request to God. I don't even know what's making me anxious. Sometimes you just gotta be like, okay, God, I just like, deep breath, God, you're here. God, you're here. Sometimes that deep breath and that promise, tears will just start coming because you've just been carrying so much stuff. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I get it. I get heavy too sometimes. I get it. He's here. So what's your stuff? Here's a prayer that's been so helpful to me. It's so simple. God, I give everything and everyone to you. Try it. Write it down. Use it. God, I give everyone and everything to you. God, you're near. I give everyone and everything to you. And then begin to list the everyone and everythings. God, it's work. I'm in over my head. I can't, I can't meet the expectations. God, I just give it to you. God, it's this conflict in the family. I, I, don't, I, I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't know what to do. It's my adult children making decisions. I can't do anything about it. I give everyone and everything to you. Just present your request to God. It's not like, God, I'd like a new car. But yeah, that's going to do wonders for your anxiety. No, give it all to him. The stuff that matters. The stuff that keeps you up at night. You don't know where to start? Start with whatever you're thinking about when you woke up an hour before your alarm. Start there. I give everyone and everything to you. The big test that's coming up, I give everyone and everything to you. My feelings of inadequacy, I give everyone and everything to you. The tension in my marriage, God, I give it to you. Because you're near, you're here. Start there. It's not a command. I mean, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. Present your request to God. Some of us think like, like, uh, like, like, we, like we carry it all ourselves. Like he doesn't have time or he doesn't care or it's irrelevant or minimize. Give it to him. What's the stuff that keeps you up at night? He wants it. Friends, we, we forget rejoicing. Let's just start with giving him that junk we're carrying and let him be a loving father. Can I, I give me a practical tool. Maybe this will help some, someone, maybe not. I have this app. It's called the One Minute Pause. It's by uh, Wild at Heart. You can look it up, find it in your app store. Like it gives you as many notifications as you want. I have it in the morning, in the afternoon, and it goes off and it reminds me to do this. And it leads you in a one minute, a three minute, a five minute, or a 10 minute prayer, whatever you have time for. And that's the, the gist, that's the main thing. Gotta give it all to you. And it reminds me to stop and to set down whatever I'm carrying. And I don't do it every single day. I don't do it every time it goes off. But it's just as a reminder. God, I gotta breathe. I gotta anchor my current reality right now, my work, my family, my friends, whatever it is, I gotta, you're near. And Lord, whatever it is on my mind right now, I give it to you.
Look it up. One minute pause. It's fantastic. Here's the second command. First, first command. Present your request to God. And again, these aren't my ideas. Like these are word for word out of the text. So if you just remember Philippians 4, 4 through 7, you'll be good. Command number two, give thanks. Okay, so now you're in this place of presenting your request to God. Wait, wait, wait. Before you give thanks, let me do let me, one more thing. What do we do? God, you're near. And because you're near, I just give thanks. Now, here's the deal. Let's say the tension, I'll just use it. Let's say the tension's a relation. Let's say the tension's in a marriage relationship. This is what I'm carrying. This is keeping me up at night. It's waking me up in the morning. I've got tension in my marriage. I don't. I love my wife. She's amazing. But if I did, okay? So we're using this example. Um, so there's tension in my marriage, okay? So I'm just, God, I give you, I give you her. I give everything in and, and, and everyone to you. God, I, I give you her, the conflict that we're having. God, I give it to you because I know you're near. And then, and then Paul tells us to give thanks. Again, not a suggestion, command. He says to give thanks. With thanksgiving, this is how you're supposed to present. Now here's, here's let me just give you a tip. If you're not able, let's say this is the point of the conflict, Beth and I. Let's say that. If I am not ready right away to give thanks for my wife, who's apparently my headache right now. She never is. She's amazing. <laughs> but, but if that's it, and I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Some of you think I'm sarcastic. I, I almost, we never like, oh, man, she's a, like, I'm blessed, guys. I'm blessed. Um, but if I'm not ready to say, God, thank you for my wife that I can't even be in the same room with right now, Give thanks for something. Give thanks for my boss is being nice to me this week. Okay, start there. Give just, just, just practice some gratitude in a safer place. Okay? And then just then slowly, slowly bring it closer, right? God, thanks for my kids. They're pretty cool. Like, they're sweet. Thanks for the snuggles that I get for my five-year-old when she wakes up in the morning. Thanks for the the way I, I play with my kids as they get older and they're fun to actually have conversations with and stuff now. Thanks for those. And then kind of, God, I know you've given me my wife as a gift. And right now, I, I'm, I have a hard time with this right now. But I know that she's a gift from you. So even though this is hard, God, thank you. I mean, you take the same thing from work. I got a situation with a coworker. I've got, I got overwhelming stress. It doesn't have relational. The, 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 what my boss is putting on me, the expectations that I have, this is causing all this anxiety. The deadlines and the pressure is causing me all this anxiety. And I'm, I'm, I'm right away, God, just thank you for the other blessings. Thank you for the friends that I have. Thank you for a church family. God, thank you for your faithfulness. And just work your way back to here. God, thank you that you've made a way for me to provide for myself and my family. God, thank you, even though this is hard right now, thank you that I can trust you that you're actually going to lead me through what is happening. Do you see how, like, it's okay to start over here, but work your way towards that point of conflict, that point of anxiety, and give thanks in the situation that is causing you the greatest anxiety. You see how that works? If you can start there, go there right away, but sometimes we're so tender in those things 
and we're so sensitive in that particular thing, just practice by giving thanks somewhere else. And just let God lead you there. Because it's, it's okay if it takes a minute or a day. So God, command one, present your request to God. God, I give you everyone and everything. Why? Because you're here. God, you're near. You're right here. You're my father. You love me. You have the best for me. You're here. God, so I give you my anxiety. I give you these relationships. I give you these pressures. I give you this this loss. I give you this lack. I give it to you. And God, I thank you that you're in it. Even in the heartache, even in the mess, even in the challenge, God, you're in it. Command number three. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Okay? So, you've presented it to God. You're giving thanks. And now this, this, this place of peace ought to start working in us. The anxiety ought to start, and ought to, like it should. God promises it. It's, it's anxiety. As we begin to center on him, like Paul says in, in, other, in other places, like fix your eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Right? Get our eyes off of the things that are happening around me and onto our Father who loves us. And what happens is he begins to still our hearts. Okay? And the next command is this. Make sure that that is taking place in your lifestyle as well. And here's the thing. What it says, let your, let your gentleness be evident to all. And so all, well, oftentimes we think of though everybody who's all out there. Like every single, like all the people that my life, let your gentleness be evident to the, to the, the checker at Hy-Vee who's, who's going way too slow. Why do you have to flip on that stinking like red light thing every single customer? Like can you not f- help anybody without like, okay, let my gentleness be evident to all. But here's the deal. The easiest ones, I think, are probably like your church people who we already have this internal thing that we're trying to impress all of you guys anyway, right? So I'm like, well, everybody at church thinks I'm gentle. I'm letting everybody see my gentleness. But you know where I think it comes out the hardest? The gentleness be evident to all is not those who are far off. We already try to impress those people. It's the people that we've become comfortable with. Let your gentleness be evident to your best friend. Let your gentleness be evident to your roommate or your spouse. Let your gentleness be evident to your parents or your children. There is a joy and a peace. There is a rejoicing. But if we just jump for the external expression and we miss the heart thing, our closest people in our lives are fully aware. And we can fool church people real well. But those closest to us are a little harder to fool. We can put on a front for those closest to us for a real long time. But if we skip one and two, we're going to struggle. So we start at presenting our request to God, emptying our hearts of all the junk and clutter and not caring, committing to not carrying that which I'm not intended to carry giving thanks, even in the middle of it, setting my eyes on on him so I don't see all this stuff, but then allowing the peace of God to actually begin to flow out of me that my interactions with the people around me is gentle. Command number four. This is a weird one if you jump straight to it. This one makes no sense if you skip one through three. The command is this. 
don't be anxious about anything. Anybody ever thought, like, I, I kind of wish I still lived in the Old Testament because at least you knew what rules you had to follow and what it looked like to follow them. Anybody else have a stupid thought like that? Like I have. Like, if you just show me exactly what to do, I can do it. But this whole, like, God sees the heart thing, this is hard. And this one is up there with one of the hardest ones. Even love, I can convince myself that I do loving things to other people without loving, but I can convince myself that it is loving, so I can kind of, you know, end around that one a little bit. But like this one says, don't be anxious. So how do I have, choose to not be anxious when I didn't choose to be anxious? Few people wake up one morning and be like, you know, I really like to be anxious today. So we didn't choose it. How do we unchoose it? You can't. You know how you unchoose it? You anchor the commands of Scripture to this truth that God is near. And so what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to give everything and everyone to you. I want to present my request to God, not my wish list, but the things that are on my heart. I'm going to give them to you. And then I'm going to give thanks right there in the middle of that pain, in the middle of the hurt, in the middle of the misunderstanding, I'm going to give you thanks because I'm going to see you bigger than my circumstances. I'm going to allow the peace of God to flow out of me to the point where, and, and here's the deal, the gentleness piece, when you see the gentleness not happening, repeat steps one and two. You might have to do that multiple times a day, just FYI. When you see anything other than gentleness being expressed to those in your life, repeat steps one and two. And once we start getting into this habit of learning how to live, this isn't like a in my quiet time, this isn't every Sunday morning, this is a lifestyle of presenting my request to God, giving thanks in the midst of where he's placed me, allowing the, the, the peace of God, the gentleness to be evident to all. And then he says, it's a command, don't be anxious. And if you're still not there, repeat steps one through three. And then the last, and the fifth one is this. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. If we skip the first part, this is just like silly, isn't it? Some of you maybe even today like rejoice. Yeah, right. That's yeah, not happening. Okay, I understand that. I've been there too. I understand that somebody's life throws things at you that is just like this is not rejoice worthy. You mean like <laughs> arrested, taken to another country, wrongly imprisoned, robbed of your stuff, and then all your life work, people that you once called friends are undermining everything you've ever done? You mean like that kind of stuff? You mean like the, the exact context of which this letter was written? There's hardly a scenario where you can say, there's not a scenario. This is one of those never moments. There's not ever been a scenario where we can say, God, I can't rejoice you. I mean, that might be a thing, but it's on us, not him. It's a command rejoice, but we've got to be willing to do the work to get to the place of rejoicing. And it's not external work. This is heart work, which is way harder. Rejoice. To rejoice 
is a choice, but it doesn't just start on the surface. To rejoice is a choice that, 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 that starts by not neglecting your heart. Right, we read in scripture, guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. There's some of us, we just don't even look at our heart. It overflows and, and overspills to, to those closest to us all the time, but we refuse to take a close look at why. And I bet if you're honest, just a little bit self-aware, you'd acknowledge that you might be carrying some things that you're not intended to carry. Come to me, all who are weary and who carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It's his promise. And the peace of God transcends understanding. Guard your heart and mind, but are you willing to do the work? Not so that God can reward you because you did right things. We love to say it's not about the external, it's about the heart, but then we neglect our heart. So this, this rest of this month, we are going, we're gonna begin to look at reasons to celebrate. We're gonna look at why other people rejoiced and the joy that naturally flo flowed out of them. And there's, there's reasons, that, like, like, like countless reasons to rejoice, but I don't want to go so fast that we miss this critical aspect that some of us aren't there. And we've got to do some hard work to begin to lay the foundation of joy to lay the foundation of rejoicing. The question is, will you do the work? Will we, anchored in this promise, the Lord is near, present our request to God. Anchored in the promise that the Lord is near, give thanks. Anchored in the promise that the Lord is is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Anchored in that promise that the Lord is near to not be anxious about anything. Anchored in the promise that the Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. God has something better for us, friends. God has something better. Friends, joy, true joy, is possible. It's not just this, this, this theoretical Christian thing. It's real, and it's available. God, we thank you for the peace that transcends understanding. God, we thank you for joy that overflows to rejoicing. And Father, we thank you for, the, for this roadmap to, to see these things experienced in our lives. <clears throat> God, teach us to root ourselves firmly, to establish ourselves securely in our identity as sons and daughters. 
God, that our value wouldn't come from carrying uh, what somebody else is going through. Our value wouldn't come from, from meeting everyone's expectations. Our value wouldn't come from doing everything just right. But God, we would let go of the things that we're carrying and take hold of our identity in you. God, may joy erupt in new ways that we've never seen before this, this Christmas season. Not joy that's tied to, to experiences and environments, but joy that is deep-rooted in our identity in you. God, we love you and we look forward to. Some are ready to, to dance and sing right now. Others, we still gotta do a little bit of work. But God, we're gonna choose to look at you as bigger than anything we're facing and find rest and peace in your presence today. God, because where you are, there is true joy and deep-seated peace. God, we love you. And Father, we thank you for your promises to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.